You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. To love Jesus is to guard and cherish his word. If a man love me, he will guard my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not guardeth not my words. That is the mark of a Christian. A Christian is a sheep who hears and knows his shepherd's voice. Moreover, to love is to sacrifice for. Are we willing to sacrifice in order to cling to the word? Are we willing to sacrifice in order to have another preacher of that word? You see, we love most what we will give up last. We love most what we will give up last. The Christian will not give up the word of Christ for anything. They are precious to him more precious than gold or silver. He will not give them up, not for money, not for sex, not for worldly ease, not to appease the family, not to make the boyfriend happy, not to satisfy the desires of the flesh, not to please men, not for anything. This is the mark of a Christian, because it is the mark of Christ, who would not let go of the Father's word for anything. It is the mark of Christ, who by all rights should have let us go in our rebellion and sin, but would not. He sacrificed himself for us. Christ loves the Father, and so he goes as the Father says of him. He sacrifices himself. He pays a debt that was ours, not his. He doesn't complain that it isn't fair. Grace, merciful, he is faithful, he keeps to the Father's decree, and he is willing to sacrifice himself not only for us because he loves us, but also for the will of the Father because he loves the Father. As we learned in the Catechism, what motivated Christ to die and make full payment for your sins? His great love for his Father and for me, and other sinners. But to not guard, cherish, and value, and sacrifice for Christ's word is to not love him. You see, you cannot love God but hate your brother Christian. The two are intimately linked. We know this. St. John says, if a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So also, you cannot love Jesus, but despise his word or think it cheap or unworthy of sacrifice for. For the word of Christ is not some app that you can buy and then open up on your phone only when you need it. It is a gift 
And it is your very lifeblood and justification for existing, both here in time and there in eternity. It's like this. Many people love the idea of Jesus, but not Jesus himself and his word. But it is one thing to love the idea of someone. It is another thing to love the person himself. It's one thing to love the idea of a woman. It is another thing to love this woman or this man in the concrete and not as an idea or fantasy. The marriage vow is not, do you like the idea of this person, which I suspect is often how it gets taken. No, the marriage vow is this. Will you take this woman, this man? And perhaps, as women I think might instinctively know better than us men, To listen to someone is to love him. Many people love the idea of Jesus, but not this Jesus. They love the idea of Jesus, but they do not listen to him. They love the idea of the Jesus who affirms them, but never would rebuke them or call them to repent or change and do better. Or they love the idea of the Jesus who can make them healthy and wealthy and who would never tell them to sacrifice and give up what they love most for the sake of their eternal soul. Or they love the idea of a Jesus who is their boyfriend and satisfies all their emotional needs and buys them presents and who would never say that it is good, nay, indeed, blessed to be poor in spirit. They love the idea of a Jesus who costs them nothing. They want their Jesus like they want their phones, cheap and easily replaced by the next better version. Repent. Our fallen flesh can fashion even Christ into the image we like most. That's why we are all convinced, right, that God has a sense of humor and that his sense of humor is the same as ours. It's also why people commonly believe that what their sin-compromised hearts tell them is, in fact, equivalent to the Holy Spirit's speaking and guiding. But that's idolatry, okay? As Christians, we need to call each other out on this. The Spirit does not speak through the voice of my heart. And the voice of my sin-compromised heart is not infallible scripture, but the Spirit speaks through the testimony of the apostles. Yes, you see, a God, a Savior, a Jesus is a very easy thing for my sinful heart to counterfeit. So how can I be sure, sinner that I am, that I have the real Jesus and not an idolatrous version of him. And even more to the point, how can I know this so that I can know that I am saved? Pentecost. Pentecost is how. It is how I can know that I have the real Jesus and certainty of salvation. 
You see, Pentecost is the inauguration of Christian preaching. That is, of the authorized preaching that preaches and delivers the authentic Christ crucified and risen. The essential work of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Christ and bring us to him and him to us through the proclamation of the apostolic witness. Wherever the scriptures are heard, read, pondered, and especially preached, there that is the very voice of the Holy Spirit, bringing us Christ himself and our own ideas of him. Jesus said, But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Don't you see? The Holy Spirit testifies of Christ, of the real Jesus sent from the Father and authorized by him. He testifies of him via the apostles' eyewitness testimony. Here Christ assures us that the Holy Spirit will guarantee the apostles' testimony and teaching. To the teaching and to the testimony, cried the Spirit through the prophet Isaiah long of old. Likewise, he who spake by the prophets now cries out to you this Pentecost day to the teaching and to the testimony of the prophets and the apostles. I have guaranteed it. It is inspired. How can we be sure that we have the real Jesus and not just an idolatrous version of him or an idea? This is the question that sola scriptura answers. This is what scripture alone is all about. The only guarantee that we are just not making this all up is that we have the true Christ in the apostolic word. No religious structure or bureaucracy, no council or bishop can guarantee this. They can and ought to point to the guarantee, but the only guarantee is the Spirit himself who guarantees and speaks his testimony, his witness, through the mouth of the apostles who wrote down what they said. He who hears you hears me said Christ to those whom he sent out to preach. Again, Jesus said, If a man love me, he will guard my word. You men, guard it. You women, hold it sacred. You children all, gladly hear it and learn it. The loud sound of Pentecost that sounded like a mighty rushing wind coming down off the Rocky Mountains, the fire and the speaking of unlearned languages, all of this happened so that you would know and be assured that from now on you can be certain that when you hear the preaching of the apostles, you have the Christ of the apostles. Folks think it's spiritual to focus on force, and yes, even fake the Pentecost miracles. 
But the great irony is that the miracles were meant to focus us on the preaching of Christ, to the teaching and to the testimony. That is spiritual. Jesus says that the Spirit will do what when he comes? He will teach. He will teach Christ's word. He will testify of him. Why? So that when you close your eyes in death, you will know that you don't have just some idea of Jesus or a dream of a Savior, but you will have the real Savior himself who will take you to himself. It is so that the Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, may give you life and eternity through the word of Christ. As the Apostle explained it so well to the Ephesians, when he said, In Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Beloved of God, Pentecost, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit and inauguration of the apostles' preaching is our guarantee that through the inaugurated apostolic preaching, we have not someone's idea of Christ, but we have Christ himself into whom we are baptized and sealed. Therefore, let your heart not be troubled, little sheep, neither let it be afraid. For being justified by faith in this word, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it shall come to pass, as the prophets long have said, that you who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all, for Christ's sake. Amen. Please stand. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.